So that's the stuff that that, that, wor- that worries me. So I guess like just choosing, picking and choosing your battles, I guess. Yeah, I think so. But but again, there's no. Yeah. What I've learned is there is no. There's no right or wrong way. There's absolutely pros and cons. Uh, um. Anyways, cool, cool, dude. Yeah, um, cool. So, want to um, should we do a quick update and then? Wait, how, how do we do this? Do do you want to try to break this into two, or do you want to just do like a really quick update and then jump into a topic, or what? What are you, what are you feeling tonight? Sure. Like I okay. I, I don't have much. I, to I, update I, I, on I don't. I don't have much to update. Let's, let's, yeah. let's skip the update. Okay. Um, I I have uh, one thing to kind of get us warmed up though. Yeah. So, um, remember Catherine, who you know she she listens to the pod. Um, so she's yeah. So she's twenty five. And uh, oh, she turned twenty five, and she posted something on her Instagram the other day, which was like, "I'm turning twenty five soon." What advice would you give a twenty-five-year-old? Mm. Um, and then I just started thinking a lot about that because um, I'm not sure what I would tell my twenty-five-year-old self. Um, so I don't know. I told her to a listen to more Tupac, <laughs> and and um, what did I say? I said like, I guess trust, trust, and appreciate the process. And hmm. the process being like, you know, you're, you're 25, you're not going to have it figured out, um, but just trust in what you're doing and you know that it's going to take you where it's going to take you. It's going to take you to like, you're on the right path and uh, sitting there trying to figure out what the right path is, is probably not the right path, but what you're doing is probably right. And just, but also even in her art and everything else, like in your, you're working on your craft, I think at 25 and you have to, I guess, appreciate that that grind a little bit. I don't know. What what, what do you think? What would you tell twenty five year old Ken? Yeah, that's a tough one. I think I'd say, okay, the cliche answer, and I've been listening to a lot of Tim Ferriss, and a few of his guests have kind of been saying this. But when you when you okay. hear it through, it's pretty. It's a it's a bit of a cop out, but it's kind of true in that I don't know if I would actually say anything because, like. I'm happy. I'm really happy with my life right now. So Mm -hmm. the only, and I I had a lot of challenges though. I had a lot of things that looked like mistakes or, or problems or pain that I, that I easily could have talked. Like if I could have gone back, I could have changed it so that I didn't have that pain. But I, but I really don't know if I would have, because I'm just, just super happy with where I am right now. So it's like all those mistakes led to this now. So I'd probably just be like, you're good. Keep going. Nothing, nothing to see here. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, but the only, the only thing that I, yeah, you know what, for me, it's kind of, again, very cliche, but kind of simple as I would say, take more vacation. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. So Christina and I have been, um, like we we were kind of reflecting on this just a couple nights ago. We have been hustlers for as long as we've been together we've been together since we were 15 Mm -hmm. so we have always been just different like you know we have always had uh, at least two companies both of us on the side working and uh, she did her MBA and I uh, was doing startups and then she started this other company and I have done all my stuff like we've always been 
pretty busy and grinding. And then mm-hmm. um, we we probably should have taken more time off when we were younger because we we just we sort of saw it as like no these are our like prime this is like our prime time and again it it worked in a way like we we've um we sort of built a good foundation um at 32 like we're we're pretty we're pretty good like we've got a good Mm -hmm. base Mm -hmm. but i Mm -hmm. think that we would have liked to have just relaxed a little bit more you know like i think we could have just taken it a little easier Mm. (laughs) um and uh yeah I'd probably say something like that. Or, or just you, guys, like, you guys you guys were married at twenty five, weren't you? Weren't you? No, no, not twenty five. Yeah, yeah. Older. Yeah. We were I yeah. was twenty four when I got married. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, man. So we were already uh Yeah, we were we were we were right in there. We had a house and wow. um Yeah, that that's why like we sort of we sort of fast tracked. So we um I that that's not true. We didn't own a house till twenty, but we, we owned we owned our first property at like 26 um, yeah and so, that, that would be a good good move time wise for yeah. that reason alone i wish i met alicia earlier <laughs> oh man like <laughs> i know like i i try to tell people not to compare like we bought in at we bought pre-construction in a mm-hmm. very low market and yeah. and we sold in 2017 so i mean like yeah. that was um that's probably the single best financial move we'll ever ever make in our life. Like, and that was just pure timing and luck. Just luck, luck and timing, man. Yeah, yeah for like sure. There's no, there's no grand scheme or anything. It was like, oh, okay, like uh, we can make that down payment work. And it was like, it was a stretch. Like we we had to work hard and we had, you know, to hustle and save money and budget mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And, um, but, but yeah, like it. But, but there's no way you plan that stuff so um, yeah no it's true man and you know if i if i got married earlier then it just would have forced my hand earlier or if we had a kid sooner i don't know it would have just forced it because like, that kind of stuff i think forces your hand otherwise i'm like i was in my condo i was like yo this is great I'm like this is fine <laughs> like I, i'm, I'm yeah. happy you know um I, yeah interesting no it was just yeah it was an interesting kind of no, question to reflect yeah, on. it's it's a good um uh, it's a good uh it's a good thing to think about um like i i i can't remember if it's a if it's a tony robbins thing but it's like you you always want to kind of reflect on or it's like plan or it's like uh plan the like plan the day or i i can't remember but it's something about the more you reflect on that uh mm-hmm. that kind of stuff even if you wouldn't change anything it just gives mm-hmm. you more perspective into the, like the decisions you're going to make tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I think the one, the one big realization I had when I turned, I don't know, almost maybe like 30, maybe your age, like 32. Um, it was just cutting the fat in my life. Like you realize, I think at some point, and you probably realized this before, like once you started having, once you, you know, had Jack is, um, there's people who are going to like people are either going to add to your life or kind of subtract from your life yeah and um almost like the quicker you kind of get rid of the fat the better you feel but in some ways like i think when you're well at least when i was 25 i felt like i almost it was good to to put that fat on to kind of you're because you're meeting people you're diversifying you're you're just like um you, you, I think you 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 want to make mistakes at that age. Uh, I don't know. At least for me, 
but I, I worked at a at a very different time scale than you, man. At 25, I just moved to Vancouver. I was working at EA. I was just like it was like a new life for me at the time. Right. Um, it was it was it was like a fun, really fun time. So I know it's funny. Like I I find, and again, I really wouldn't change it if I could if I could go back. But I find it hard for me to, like I I find it hard for me to relate or talk to like <laughs> like to give people advice because I had such a different. Um, you're an anomaly, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm a total. I'm a total anomaly. So, I, I, but at least I know that. Like, I don't try to tell mm-hmm. anybody. Oh, you should do it this way. You know, like you should. Because uh, I don't think that that would work for for everybody. I think we just got really lucky and. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's really different. Like uh, my uh, another buddy of mine at work, Luke. He has two kids. They're a little bit older now, so um, he's kind of out of it, out of the thick of the whole parenting thing already. And he's my age, and I'm like, oh man, this is I should have if I started early. This could have been me. Um, but I don't know. At the same time, it's like what you talked about. Like at 25, I was like traveling. I was like doing a lot of just like dumb shit. And but I think that it was it's good. And this when you're talking about like traveling and seeing stuff and doing stuff like. Um, I kind of went down that path, but yeah, I think the like grass you, is always greener in, in some ways. Yeah, and, and it's, it's it's a weird um, and again, like not to sound like so sappy and stuff, but it, it actually mm-hmm. really hit me this weekend. So I, I went to Vegas for um for three days this week, and um, it was like a really last minute thing. We had to go in and, and fill in for a conference. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm 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 in Vegas, and it's I mean, hell, it's Las Vegas. Like it's so much fun. And I was sitting there, and I was like, "This is like, this is boring." Like I, <laughs> I like I, I miss my family. Like I, I just uh, like vacations are more fun with Christina, or vacations are more fun with like if I had uh, my kids here, or if we were. I'm not saying to bring my kids to Vegas, but like it's, and I just realized how different I am in my head now. Like wow, like. Now, if you and I were in Vegas, we would have had uh, a blast. Or if I go for a bachelor party, it's a totally different feeling. Mm-hmm. But when it's, you know, it's like, um, but we also didn't have a lot of that sort of wanderlust kind of time, right? Which is kind of mm-hmm. like what you what you had when you were when you were twenty five. So there's 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 pros and cons. Like again, like with anything, and there's no there's no kind of right way. But I think what you said about the grass being greener that's the key insight where, you know, I, um, and again, I think I've, uh, especially when I, when I moved out to San Francisco, or sorry, when I took the job in, in San Francisco at Tilt, I would meet these, a lot of the people I worked with were kind of people that I thought I wanted to be in a way, like mm-hmm. living the startup dream, living in San Francisco, living, you know, like just doing whatever they want, going to all these crazy music shows, going to Burning Man, like, all this stuff that in my in my soul I feel like there was a part of me that never got to do because we we planted roots down in Toronto but then the more I got to know them and talk to them not that I not that I'm saying I like they had they had amazing lives but I realized that there was a lot of um like they they longed for what I had and I in my head was like thinking that I miss out and they were like fuck did I like, should I have settled that? Like, so mm-hmm. the grass is just always greener. And as soon as you remember that, then 
you're fine because it's like you said to Catherine, like you're just trust the process. Like you're you're where you should be, and mm-hmm. you know there, there's always going to be that voice that's like, oh, it'd be better if I was doing this, or oh, I should have done this, or but no, like you're you are where you are, and you can't be anywhere else. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, segueing a little bit to the topic we we're going to talk about. Um, and the idea of like cutting fat um, in, in my life or whoever's life at a certain age, you just don't have time for everybody, right? And um, I don't know, like I, I felt uh, when we first met, I was doing a bunch of little like side projects and sometimes they were like really dumb side projects. Like there was one thing I, I, I started this website with a buddy of mine called like um, This Could Be Fact. And we were just looking because... You know, on Wikipedia, anybody can write something on Wikipedia. And uh, <laughs> you, if you look at the revision history, a lot of there's a lot of trolls who post stuff on Wikipedia. But because there's so many people moderating every single topic, that stuff gets cleaned out really fast. <laughs> yeah. But if you go to the revision history, there's a lot of funny shit in there. Um, so we, we would just go in, and we had it was like a blog, and we would just post... Um, things in wikipedia that were just kind of hilarious or kind of fucked up or whatever um i had like that going i was gonna i was doing like a food review site with my brother at one point um and i find it's just this this thing of just like finding the right partners both of those things for example never turned out to be anything one of them i think was kind of my fault the other one i think you know the the this could be fact one i think maybe it was my fault that it just fizzled the one with my brother it was my brother's fault because it just kind of fizzled and it's like working on these projects there's like this idea of like you know if i went on it alone would i have gotten further or should i have chosen better people with better dynamics should we have set things up differently to hold each other accountable more i i don't know um so i i'm I'm, it's a question for you do you think when, when do you think it's a good time to be working solo versus bringing someone into a project? Oh, I know. It's funny. I knew we were going to talk about this, and I, uh, it's such a loaded question because I, luckily I've, I've had a good breadth of experience with both, both ends of it. So, so yeah, let's be clear. We're, we're kind of, we're, we're talking specifically about, um, side projects or just in general, like, um, well, yeah, I, think, I guess, yeah. Well, we can start with side projects. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I guess you, you don't really start... Well, we could get into that whole topic, but let's assume that you're starting the side project with the with the thinking that if it really took off, it would become your full-time thing, right? Okay. Okay. Um, versus just like doing something for the for the hell of it. Like, hmm. um, be, because I think, I think there's a difference there. So with a lot of ideas come down to um you know passion and determination cliches but cliche for a reason because you know my new philosophy of of startups that i've been really kind of settling on is that there's way more luck than we think Mm -hmm. with everything with the big startups that we know and the ones you've never heard of because they just didn't didn't pass but what what money and funding and and stuff what it does for you is it gives you it increases your surface area of luck so 
if you can, you know, keep doing your passion project for another six months, that might be when that lucky break comes that then leads to something else, which leads to something else, which leads to something else, right? So a mm-hmm. lot of being a, doing a successful side project is having the momentum to keep going long enough for good things to start happening. Mm-hmm. And when you're by yourself, you run the risk of just burning out because you you just can't keep, it's very hard to keep up that momentum by yourself unless you really, really, really believe in this thing and it's it's consuming and, and it's amazing. And, and having an, an accountability buddy or a team can really increase the chance of you sticking with it, right? Mm-hmm. So like when I was doing uh, Wind Junkie, there was four of us and that structure is the only reason why that, project worked because we we all had our own job so mm-hmm. we had a you know a, a salesperson an operations person a leadership ceo kind of person and then the tech person and we really treated it like a um a partnership where you were you know you you were responsible for doing what you had to do we'd have a weekly meeting that was kind of non-negotiable like you really had to be at the meetings and that structure, I, th- I don't think we would have been able to get the number of users we got and ultimately sell that company if we hadn't have had, like, I don't think I could have just done that myself because mm-hmm. there were so many times where having uh, Lauren or Lee or Gabe just, bro- like, they just did cool shit that just pushed us to a level that I that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own. Mm-hmm. Um but then I guess on the flip side, though, there's a lot of times when you you can really, if you're not totally aligned, you're better off doing it yourself because if it is a side hustle, your time is the most limiting, valuable resource. And if you're spending that time, you know, arguing or... Um, not or like having to backtrack or not get or get aligned on things, then you you just run the risk again of of not actually shipping anything. You're not shipping a good thing because you're you're just trying to you're almost designing by committee when maybe you should just be unilaterally making these decisions. Um, so I think mm-hmm. at a high level, those are kind of my. Um, my thoughts on it, but like what I like, you've had more, you, you've been more lone wolf, haven't you? I've been a lot. I've been lone wolf a lot. Um, and I think, cause I think what is after, okay. So after you, you described kind of wind junkie, I think that is probably where I went wrong on a lot of things. So, uh, I was doing this thing with my, a friend of mine, uh, maybe uh, a few years ago this is when kind of like i i beacons became a thing or oh, it was like I, a really popular thing yeah i remember this yeah and uh we were just kind of playing around with the tech a bit about these estimates off like a it was like a kickstarter thing at the time pretty early and they just it's basically like low energy bluetooth um there was use cases of like people putting it in um you know like in retail you walk by and it tells you like what are you looking at yeah. And your phone would just detect it's just proximity and it'll just detect like what it is and it can give you timely information. Uh, or or people use it. I think the MLB picked it up and they were using it for their kind of in stadium app. 
So you can they put a whole bunch of beacons around the stadium. You walk around and it tells you like how do you get to your seat, turn by turn directions, kind of thing. Um, anyways, we we were just playing with this and we we like, we approached it from a tech standpoint and we were both just playing with it and making it work and we're like oh cool it works and now what do you want to do with it and you know we were just kind of spitballing things and i don't know one thing i, I was talking about uh, was like maybe it's an app that allows people to collect debts from other people um so this is actually what spurred this whole thing so this whole topic which i suggested um so it, it, it was this idea of like if you owe some if i owe you money when i'm in your area or your vicinity it'll alert me that oh i i i, I owe kent uh, ten dollars that i borrowed last week or i owe him this like book that i borrowed or this uh dvd or whatever or it alerts you that says like oh nick's in the area he still owes you this 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 and this um so anyways we were playing with it we kind of had it working and then i don't know it's just we didn't know really know what to do with it after um and we also had a lot of conflicts so me it was my friend eric good friend of mine i've known since i was a kid but i find like when i work with him we always just we never have the greatest chemistry we always just have mm. like a conflicting kind of dynamic and i think the problem is like when we approach things we kind of approach things as like both as a developer and i think you having those clear roles is key because if let's just say I was like Eric, you can be the developer, I can be the product person, or I can be the marketer, or I can be whatever hat. Then it's like I have a very clear task, and it's not like I have like autonomy to do things however I want to do it. Versus if you're coding with somebody, and you know one person kind of has to lead that in a way. You know what I mean? You can't have two people leading a coding project. Right, yeah. No, for sure. You know what I mean? And I don't know, like he, I felt was like, oh, he always over-architected everything or he would just get caught up on some tech or he wanted to build it in a really kind of really nice, nice way, but it just wasn't worth it in my mind. I was like, you know, for what we're doing, there's no point in doing it this way. Um, And we, we just kind of butt heads on that front, right? Um, and I don't know, but I think having those clear roles, I think would have really fixed that up. Um, I was thinking about another project that we did. I did with, uh, uh, Kevin, grad school, Kevin, you, of course you remember Kevin. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I had this, uh, grad school project I was doing actually for Kai's class and it was called like running me. And it was oh, basically, yeah, yeah. I remember, remember this? this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I so remember it, this. it was basically an app that allowed you to kind of race against yourself. So yes, I was really, yeah, yeah. I'm obviously yeah, I, favorite video game, Mario Kart, and it it's essentially like the time trial or the ghost. Like you don't use your time trial, you you can race against your own ghost. Right. Uh, so similar thing, but when you're running, um, you run a course, and then when you run it the second time, it just kind of tells you like, okay, um, you know nick version one was like 10 minutes or 10 10 seconds ahead of you or five seconds ahead of you and it's a guy like motivating you or something in your in your headphones or something or maybe even doing it a little bit more ambiently anyways um i did for prototype this out for like a project course it was it was great it worked um and then 
Kevin was like, hey, we should maybe let, let's build this out. Like, it looks really cool. Let's build build something from this. So me and him were working on the coding project. Uh, Gary, you remember Gary Ng? He was like helping. Yep. He was like a designer for my thesis project. Yep. Um, so he kind of jumped on and he was helping too. And then, I don't know, I, it, it died. And it died. And I think because we had it, again, to an, a decent point, And then nobody took the point. Nobody kind of took it from project hobby to like serious project. Yep. And I feel like that's a huge chasm to cross. I yeah, and I mean I remember that. I I think that even when you describe it now, there's there's something there. I haven't. I feel like I haven't. Uh, I'm sure there's some apps out there that do that, but there's in in my mind like I can visualize it a really interesting interface too that mm-hmm. is so simple that no one's kind of figured out yet so like there there does still to me that problem space could still be explored and it's like yeah what was it about your what was it about your the chemistry or your headspace or the timing um and you know sort of piggybacking on that i um so I had a conversation with my, my the really the person who got me into this whole world. So I um, so his name is Andre Chiru. He uh, is the VP of uh, he's a VP at Hired. He was like a really early employee at Uber. Uh, he mm-hmm. launched um, he launched Uber Toronto. He's got like a really cool pedigree of of, of startup experience. And he and I um, we started like we started working together, and I was like. 20 or 19 mm-hmm. or something like that. That was like my first kick at the can at startups. We like moved out to San Francisco. We did the whole kind of thing. And um, he, what I realized reflecting on, on our time together is that like he was, he really believed that we could do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I really did at the time. Mm-hmm. I was sort of having fun. I was almost like playing a game. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, this is fun. We're like we're we're in startups and like he was in a totally different headspace. He was a like more of the CEO business person. Mm-hmm. And when I listened to him and I I texted him because I was listening to the um that Masters of Scale podcast and and they were interviewing some famous I can't remember what founder and I was like, "Andre was telling me this like 15 years ago or t- like 10 years ago like and I realized that there's nothing different about him than this person other than luck like mm-hmm. or maybe it was me it was like I was the problem he had the wrong co-founder because in my head I wasn't willing to to do what was necessary to you know mm-hmm. I I just got married I was I had a great consulting practice like I wasn't starving he he was mm-hmm. starving he had no money he was he was really trying to live this dream and i was kind of like ah what yeah whatever like we missed the deadline like ah, you know and i think that if i had have been in a different space if i had have been the guy i am today i think that andre and i um with his sort of vision and with my technical execution i think we could have done amazing things together but i wasn't Mm -hmm. I, i wasn't like ready for it so it's like maybe for you guys too was it the was it just that, like, who who do you think was the least, who was the weakest link, not from a, a competence perspective, but from a, hey, let's actually make this a thing perspective? I don't know. I feel like 
if anyone was to kind of put on that hat of like the CEO and and really like charge it, it was it should have been me. And mm. I still feel like I, I I failed everyone because I didn't really step up into that. Um, but because to me it was like I thought it was like a fun little thing we we're doing. I think everyone kind of thought oh it's like a fun little thing we we're doing. Um, but I think what, in hindsight, what I should have done is I should have been the I should have really been like the straight product person. Kevin should have been the tech person. Gary would have been the designer. And we should have had clear roles. And because I think once you put on that that role of like, okay, I'm gonna be spearheading this product, and this is what we're gonna be building, and you're you're building out that vision of what what it is, and you know, nixing things or yaying certain things, um, it it focuses everybody too. But like, if I'm heads down looking at some like tech thing, and Kevin's doing the same thing, and we're just like, oh look, this kind of works, and we're just kind of messing around with things, then you everyone's in kind of playland a little bit too much. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that, yeah, you definitely need to have a, there needs to be, okay. And let's go back to, mm-hmm. um, so the difference between even like Andre, our startups, we were chasing the web 2.0 dream, which back then was uh, revenue. Wasn't even, you didn't even, you didn't even think about that. Investors mm-hmm. didn't even want to hear about revenue. It was all about um, user growth, eyeballs, and we were building Q and A sites. So all we were trying to do is is get as many people using them as possible. And in hindsight, that's just a terrible idea because you ultimately are going to hit a wall where you start, you know, running out of money, and then that's when things start to get. Um, that's when people's true colors come out, and then things normally go south. They don't tend to go like they tend to fail more th- more often than they succeed. With mm-hmm. Wind Junkie, it was very different. So I was introduced to a group of three people who were looking for uh, a co- like a technical co-founder. Mm-hmm. So and they were all entrepreneurs already. Mm-hmm. And my first meeting with them, I remember uh Taroni, I kicked out early and I went and met them for lunch and it was like we're doing this to make money. That's the goal. Mm-hmm. And here's the goal. Like we want to make this much money by this date. And I didn't have to think about any of that stuff. That whole, the whole like business plan revenue, that was all, at least somebody else was thinking about it. So Mm. it really freed me up to just be like, oh, okay, I just have to build the best site that's not going to crash that lets people host their own contest. Um, And that was the most kind of clean freeing accountable experience so i do Mm -hmm. think you're right but i think what you what you needed in that case maybe wasn't the product design and 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 tech you needed like a ceo yeah like yeah you you needed you needed someone to say like this is what we're going to do we're going to we're going to ship a product on this date and i guess that's kind of what you're saying probably as the cpo like we yeah like here's the product here's what it has to do here's when we're going to ship and um, that could have changed the dynamic. Maybe Kevin would have been like, fuck this, I'm out. Maybe he yeah. just kind of likes, because Kevin's a tinkerer. Kevin liked kind of yep. tinkering on things. Yep. So maybe if you had to put the, the clamps down, he might have been like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. Um, you know, <laughs> I, remember yeah. Ke- I remember Kevin, like he, so 
he was the first person I met when we went to grad school. And I'll never forget, it was um, a September day. I had picked the nice desk right by the window because I was the first person in the office. And Kevin came in and it, the air show was on. So all these jets were like flying across Toronto. And Kevin and I got talking and he finds out that I'm into into startups and stuff. And and he's like, oh, like my brother-in-law or like my my girlfriend's brother or something asked me to like design this window site for him. But like, uh, I, I think I'm going to be busy with grad school. And I was like, no, you should do it, man. You should do it. Like everyone has to have a side yeah. hustle. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. anyway, he takes on this window um, company. He built the most sophisticated, like he probably built the most sophisticated window designing widget that nobody used. Like he was the definition of almost like, a savant from a program like he was like a self-taught programmer oh no i guess he did computer science anyway but like yeah. he needed somebody to keep him yeah on the rails and be like yeah. no 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 you don't need to design like he he created a an extremely complicated piece of code that i'll bet mm -hmm. you a hundred people used and yeah. um that's that yeah like you 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 kind of need to know who you're you need to know those personalities and, and you know, uh, you can channel that kind of energy in incredible ways. But maybe, you know, maybe you just didn't like the idea that much. Maybe it wasn't the idea that you were, yeah. you know, losing sleep over. Yeah, no, it's true, man. Uh, because, like, I remember it, the prototype being really cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. And I was like, well, how's this going to scale? Like, what's this going to be? Is this going to be just some interesting kind of app? And, uh people are just going to race themselves. And I, I don't know, it, like is, and I don't know, maybe I didn't believe it enough, but then now you have like Strava and Strava kind of does this and Strava, it's a small feature in Strava. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's a, it's a cool feature in Strava, but it's like, you know, they, they have like these like spots and you can kind of own the spot and they have like, like top 100 lists or top 10 lists in the spot. Right. Um, but it's really a feature. I think actually the turning point for us was, I remember now, it was, um, I was into running at the time and I used this app called Running Mate. I think it's called Running Mate or... Running, okay. Running, it was, it was like a running app. Um, no, no, it wasn't called Running Mate. It was, it, it, anyways, it was a running app I was using and um, it was really good. And we're like, okay, well, why would someone just use our app when they can just use this running app? Mm, and... Mm -hmm. I think we were like, oh, okay, maybe it's it's not it's not worth pursuing, and I don't know. I, I'm sure this happens. Like you, you know how that is, because everyone's oh, yeah. done everything. Well, yeah, and and I think that um, so when we were doing the Q and A stuff, we mm -hmm. we basically built Quora. Like I can, if I dug up screenshots, we had we had Quora before Quora existed. And we had you know fifteen, seventeen thousand users. Like we had a pretty pretty decent community back in the day mm -hmm. and if we had stuck with it if we really had of had the money and time and we didn't and but if we had of then i'm not saying we could have done what cora did but i think we could have had a pretty interesting product but we yeah we, we started looking at what we, what it was going to take to get to that next level and it was just like no this is too much work um or somebody else is going to do this and then of course we started seeing other companies and they were like oh shit like how do we you know we're yeah how do we compete with this and mm 
when you sort of read those like entrepreneur books, if you're even thinking like that, none of the people who tend to win at these games think Mm -hmm. they don't even think like that. Yeah, Um, that's true. You know, so I think that a lot of my self-reflection and learning has been that I always thought I was a founder and I don't know if I am. I don't, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, well, actually then again, I, or I don't know if I'm like a tech, I don't know if I want to be a tech founder or I don't know if I Mm -hmm. want to be the founder of a billion dollar VC backed company, which is, I think what I would have said 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. but I do like being the founder of Able Cells. I do like, sitting in my garage packing boxes for some weird reason like there there's something there's something about that that I kind of like and um so I think as I've as my, as my values have shifted I want more of a lifestyle business than a yeah. um I'm going to be Elon Musk kind of business you know so yeah. um but but going going back to uh the the kind of lone wolf versus the the team stuff mm-hmm. i'm pretty biased that as much as you can you do want to lone wolf it in the early days because mm-hmm. you well like if if you if you see an opportunity like okay do you think you could have built the running app without gary and kevin yeah and like, what were they bringing that you were lacking? I think Kevin would dive deeper on the tech side. I think Gary's obviously a way better designer than I am. Right. But but do you, but do you think you needed that at the time? No. Hmm. And do you think, think that having yeah yeah <laughs> yeah? So I, I I think okay. I think what would be more important is if if it was me and me alone. I should have had a very clear vision of what this was going to be and end to end. Like I should have been able to see what this end product would have been if um, I spent like, you know, if, if I spent like a year on it, this is what it was going to be. There was a clear goalpost of what, what the right. end product was going to be. Right. And uh, I know this now, but I think my experience doing product stuff has like it's way, way, I'm way, way further along that that curve than I was at the time. That that's an interesting um, question. So take your take your 25 year old question and go back mm-hmm. to, you know, your what 30 or 28, or 29. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got your your running mate app. You know everything you know now about product. What would you tell yourself uh, about specifically about this app? based on everything you know now before I built a team around this before Kevin was like, let's build this. Yeah. Like I would have, yeah. Like if you could go back and just talk to yourself before any of it really got started so that when the idea came in, you would have been armed with this other knowledge. So I would still have done this, the prototype for that grad school class with Kai. And I would still probably have felt like this is a cool idea, but I would have, before I wrote any code, prototyped it any further, talked to anybody else, I would have A, assessed whether I thought this was worth pursuing further as a product product and not just as a like a technical exploration, which at the time I was doing a lot more of that. And, you know, I was, oh, oh I'm going to try this with this new tech and it's going to see how this, I'm going to learn how to do this. And um, 
I wouldn't have approached it that way. So I would have said like, if I build this out, what could it have been? And if I built it out, was there is there a market opportunity here for this? Mm, so so your advice would have almost been to treat it more like a business or or yeah, like or just a... well, a like just not not even waste my time going into it if I wasn't really really into it. Mm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So make that gauge of whether this is if I really want to like. If I really want to do technical technical exploration, that's fine, but I shouldn't have brought other people in in that case. Then I should have just mess, kept messing around with it on my own just to mess around with. But it, I think at the time I was like, this could be something. So if I thought this could have been something, then I would have mapped out what this would look like. I would have spent a month or two months just not doing anything else and really thinking like, okay, what what is this app going to do? And is this idea really compelling? And how do we make it compelling? And how do we design this experience to make it really fun and, and engaging and getting people to come back to it? And I would kind of map out what I think this dream version of this could be. And then I'd probably start marching backward from that and say like, okay, cool. So this is what it could be. This is going to be really fun. Um, I'd maybe get some feedback on that. Maybe try to test that out, idea out earlier Maybe at this point, I would try to set milestones for myself. So like, okay, I'm going to give myself four months to build this. So at month one, month two, month three, these are this is what I kind of need. Um, and then A, if I could do it myself, I'd do it myself. If I couldn't do it myself, then I would, then I would out of necessity, bring people in. That's interesting, yeah, because I, I, one of the... Hmm. Yeah, because I mean, Gary, like you said, Gary, you know, was a better designer or mm-hmm. Kevin definitely has a lot more technical capabilities. Like sometimes I, I think I have tried starting things with r- people who really like almost like non-ideal co-founders, really, you know, people mm-hmm. who aren't actually bringing more to the table or aren't leveling you up to like I think I sort of have felt I've fallen victim sometimes to people who see me as um a, kind of like an agreeable person who can also code so mm-hmm. they'll try to sell me their idea knowing that like I'm essentially going to do most of the work to get it done mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. and oh. Yeah. And I used to do that a lot when I was younger yeah. and I would, yeah. I would, I would just help people out because I had a skill that they didn't have. And that, that's something where you, I feel like you need to stay away from that as much as possible unless you're portfolio building or unless you're, um, you know, unless there's something that really gets you excited about the idea. Cause I, I think that I wasted a lot of cycles just picking the wrong team. Like I feel like, um, you know, if, um, if like, I feel like if you and I right now were to start something, mm-hmm. we would have a much better chance because you would clearly be on lock for product. Um, you know, I, well, it depends on what we were building. If it was something like iOS yeah. where I'm, I'm less strong, we'd probably need to bring in a developer, but if it's anything mm-hmm. web related, I feel like I could, I mean, I'm still coding like two or three hours a day, so I could just jump in and and build mm-hmm. something. Um, but I feel like we would have a very, like we would level each other up. Like, 
you would be like, dude, that's not good enough. Um, like, are you really happy with this? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we could mm-hmm. have honest conversations with each other, whereas mm-hmm. a lot of times when I was, even with Wind Junkie, they coddled me like crazy because they needed me more than, like, or at least in their minds at the beginning, they were mm-hmm. like, okay, we can't piss off Kent because he's the tech guy and he can, like, take our site down, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or he can just sandbag us and tell us it's going to take months. And I, I've i never pushed myself to have a stronger technical person or product person on the team with me to say, you can do better than that. Like, that's not good enough. Um, why is it going to take you two weeks? That should take you five minutes. And mm-hmm. I think that if I were to go start something again, that's what I'd be looking for is someone who is clearly my senior, not not age-wise, but clearly like better than me at either development or product so that it would it would force me to adapt, you know, and mm-hmm. and and learn. Um yeah. And I think that I, if that opportunity came, then I think you're stupid to not team up with somebody. Um if that person really makes you a better uh person whereas yeah. if you're kind of not like if that person is not pushing you to be better mm-hmm. you have to ask yourself like why am i like why am i spending time with you like you, you know kind of like you were saying like cutting the fat like mm. if you're gonna if you're gonna like start a side project or like a business or a or an app or whatever you want to call it with somebody like they, they better be pretty special because this is a this is like a marriage you're getting into. And um, I think I would have just been choosier about who I picked my projects with. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. hundred percent, man. Yeah. Because like, I don't know, even um, I also think, you know, in the wind junkie example, I think everyone, you know, they were coddling you, but at the same time, it was the most important person was probably the CEO. Oh, 100%. Uh, and we but, would never have had success without, without him. Yeah. And, but it's funny because like, I think at the time, like when I was that age, I wouldn't have said that. I would have said definitely the developer. I would have said definitely Kent, you're the most valuable person on the team because you're building it. Mm-hmm. But now when I look back, I'm like, the developer is obviously important. Like you need someone to build it. But you need someone with that clear vision of what you're building and you need that person who's going to legitimize what what you're doing but now do you think part of that is selection bias because so if you if you rewind mm-hmm. back when we were in grad school mm-hmm. uh development was a lot harder back then i mean it was yeah it's come it's come a long way even in those 7 or 8 years where you you know there were no boot camps there were no you you know developers were still in very high demand things like ajax and jquery and like animations on a screen were considered very advanced mm-hmm. ios was just burgeoning android was getting their shit together like it was the, the the tech person probably had way more power because the the tool sets were much more difficult whereas mm-hmm. now i think you're you're almost a commodity. Like everybody knows a guy or a gal who can program. So if, if you're not mm-hmm. 
Like if you're the business person and you're not happy with your developer, that's not really a big deal these days. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I think back then it might have been a bigger deal. So I think that like I wouldn't be too hard on yourself that you might have picked the developer because I might have had more power back then than I that's true than I even thought I did because but but to be fair like I fully agree with you that I think a lot of developers like to think they're the most important person but really Mm -hmm. if you don't have that guiding vision then you get into these pencil problems left right and center where you Mm -hmm. over engineer you decide to change languages halfway through you Mm -hmm. decide to you know go no SQL instead of using a SQL database you decide to you know do it on AWS instead of on on yeah. a, like and then all of a sudden you're 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 wondering why nothing's getting done and it's because your developer is just building you know shiny pencils yeah no it's, it's true man um and i guess I, I get this perspective now maybe at just being around the block a little bit but also i guess um being in more of a leadership role at Sego and I guess I see the value that I'm bringing a little bit more than I probably would have 10 years ago. I would have been like, oh, like these guys do nothing. But I, I definitely think like working at Seiko right now in my current role, I operate at a different plane than everybody else because I almost, I need to kind of be, I need to see everything. I need to know all the different things that are going on, all the different projects, and are keeping this all going on in my head, and also like um, keeping everything running for everybody else. Um, so, and our CEO, he obviously does this at an even higher level. Um, and I can see like, oh shit, these are like huge decisions that he has to make, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that you you don't you don't appreciate that at all. When at least when I was like younger and I was just doing development work, I don't appreciate those things because um, I'm like I'm I'm making the shit. Like I I'm the most valuable person here. You know, without me, you have nothing. You like you're not you're not you don't have a product that you're making. But it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's not. It's just different, I guess. You know, like everyone's important, obviously. Um, but it's just a different perspective that I I see now. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. It's um. I definitely think this this CEO role is just very undervalued. Um, but I do think, Ken, if we started something, I don't know. I think depending on what it was, what it what it was, I think you you could you could head up the product. I could head up the product. I think what I be I think what I would really own though. I think is um, the production. I think that's really. I was thinking about this the other day. I think my real strong suit. I think is production. Is really what you, like what do you mean by that? So like shipping? Yeah, like I, I can I can ship I can ship ship. I, I know how to like set up a set up a project and get it from like a conception. So if you give me a design doc, I can I can deliver that for sure. And yeah, that that's so cool. Yeah. But I think I think your strong suit, I wouldn't even get you to do development. I think we would hire a developer. I think we would hire a strong developer. But I think your your honestly your greatest asset is like getting the product out there. Mm, yeah. Like you're you would I think I think I would own kind of production and you would own the second half of like let's get this get this in front of people. It's it's funny you say that. I was at this uh, this conference and 
mm-hmm. you know, you're you're at a trade show, you're on your feet all day, you're selling, selling, selling. Mm-hmm. And I came home, or I came home, I came back to my hotel um, energized. And mm-hmm. I realized, like, fuck, like, I'm a salesperson. Like, that, like that's probably what I should have done. I should have... Yeah. I should have just gone into sales. And um, <laughs> when I think about how much time in my life I've listened to people like Zig Ziglar, who, if you don't know who Zig Ziglar is, you should. Well, we talked about him in one of the other. Mm-hmm. He opened one of our podcasts. But um, I, you know, I used to listen to him on repeat for like two years of my life. And and I, and even at this conference, like I, I really feel like I perfected this incredible pitch. That involved like Trump level psychology and like I and I it, it was it really like I'm going to brag about it. It was it was genius because I I found a roadblock and I was innovating a way to get myself into a conversation, but I did it in a pretty like not like in a douchey way, but it was I I, I designed it like you know what I'm saying like I I. I had to improvise and design a solution the way you would like design a product. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, fuck, like I, I think I'm a salesperson. I don't know why that makes me feel dirty or something. And, um, and you know, and my, my constant battle is, am I, am I a salesperson? Am I a developer? Am I, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, Cause I, am I, obviously growth kind of goes with sales. Like I'm, uh, everything is selling at the end of the day when you're trying yeah. to get people to, to yeah. use your product. So, um, I, I, and honestly, I, I don't know, like just, you know, based off my relationship with you over the years, I feel you're not, you're not really a developer. I think you're really more of a marketer salesperson than you are a developer. But, but why does it hurt when you say that? Like, I really like, like, why does it, like, is it just an ego thing? Am I holding on to something where... No, I, like, I, okay, I I, felt, I used to feel the same way um, because I like to think of myself as a developer, but really, I don't think I'm... Like, I wouldn't I wouldn't use me to develop. Like, if we did a project, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it. I don't... I think that you can get better developers than me. And I've come to terms with that. Um, <laughs> Maybe I haven't. Oh, but see... I, I know that you could find a better developer than me, but my question is always why? Like why 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 would we like um okay, here, here I think okay. this sort of to kind of round off the, the the team thing in my mind, I think really what I've what I've realized is it all does come down to is this person you're bringing on making you like speeding you up or slowing you down? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is an unequivocal speeding up, then you are stupid to not go into business or join forces with this person. Mm-hmm. If if it's not an unequivocal yes, then you're better off probably keeping yourself and just letting, like, not bringing anybody else into the yeah. Yeah. In, into the party because you the your cost of decision making will go up. Your overhead, not your money overhead, but your cognitive overhead will go up. Um, and the reason why I still think that if we were doing it ourselves, we might want to at least prototype it ourselves. Yeah, I is, think we should at least prototype it ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. yeah. Is because sure. like we we are we are so close to the metal that we could we could speed it up in such a way that we could get to um, MVP very quickly, get it in front of people, and then realize okay, now we need a Kevin. 
to mm-hmm. to take this to the next level. Um, yeah. And but, but I, I yeah. But it's also like if if we did that, who who's who's shopping this around to people? Who's getting funding? Who's um, yeah? I think that'd be me. That that would be you, right? So yeah. would would we have enough bandwidth to say? Like, would you have enough bandwidth to say, like, code some stuff and do that? No, pro- pro- no, probably not. I, I see what yeah. you mean. Like, if we were really going to go do something and say, okay, let's let's do this for real, let's build an app or let's build a, a service or something, mm-hmm. then, yeah, like, as long as we could find, um, no, you're, you're, you're totally right. And, I mean, I even find it at Hubba now where I I have this reputation, I think I have a kind of a, a bad reputation in a way where, <laughs> like, people roll their eyes like i think i'm that old guy i think i'm that old guy now who <laughs> but but the, but he, here but here's my here's where i get on my fucking and i can already feel my blood pressure rising here is like um but my shit fucking works so like it might not be pretty it might not be beautiful but my metrics are going up and to the right and my system doesn't fall down so you can you can argue all you want, but like until you can until like um so like even going back to like if we were to bring on a a developer like mm-hmm. that person would have to convince me that they are able to not do more than me, obviously they can do more than me, like they are technically a better developer than there are everybody at hubba or everybody is is a technically better developer than me but there's an it's not about that when you're building a product it's about mm-hmm. like it's about knowing when not to over engineer it's about making pragmatic decisions it's about knowing when to test and when not to write tests like yeah. um and that's where i'm really good at making those um uh decisions yeah. and i find when i work with other developers I'm just like you are so far up your ass. Like, just just fucking do yeah. it, man. Like, just get but, it done. Like, don't but, like, just and, do and, it. And, and this is why I think you're more of a, even like a more of a product person than you are a developer. Because if you're a real developer, you you don't you don't really think that you wouldn't think that way. Hmm, I think okay. if you're a real developer, you're thinking about like how do I build a scalable solution? How do I build something that is can be architected in a way that in 10 years we're not rewriting this whole thing yeah no i don't i'm that that's like uh oil and water for me yeah and you know but just based off of that i know you're not a real developer and uh it's no it's no it's honestly it's no (laughs) it's no 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 no. but you know what's funny when you actually said it like that that doesn't that doesn't offend me at all yeah but but when you but the other thing actually did i felt like a pang of um (laughs) okay I, i think it comes down to um, uh, real pragmatism, and it, it's so funny. Uh, people, uh, I think they like their eyes roll back when I when I because I bring up so many cliches in the industry, and I reference so many people in podcasts and all that stuff. But I do it for a reason. Like the the Eric Rees um, Lean M, or the Lean Startup, right? The whole mm-hmm. MVP mm-hmm. Um, loop. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- that's it. Like. In my mind, he he wrote down the answer. Like like that is the answer. There's no way to simplify that cycle in my mind. Or now, 
I don't believe in this whole kind of stealth startup idea where you go build this magical thing and you don't tell anybody. And obviously that's that's the other school of thought where you you know, you raise a bunch of money, you go build something, you release it and you you know, shock the world. I don't think I'm ever going to be that person. So I'm I follow this the MVP kind of uh, mindset because it it works with my brain and I think that that's what you need to select for when you're doing these side projects because if you don't get that constant feedback and that constant improvement and looping mm-hmm. I, I feel like you just can't stick with it like your your brain will just keep saying like what am I doing here like why am I um whereas if you if you're if you're looping and making progress you can at least even trick yourself into thinking you're making progress when you might not be you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I think that um, and and keeping that team as tight as possible uh, shortens those loops. So um, I think yeah. like if I if I had to advise somebody, I would probably say do it solo as long as you can, mm-hmm. unless that person is way better than you at something, you know. And um, yeah, yeah, I. I I, I agree, but it, I just also think like if me and you started something, I don't know if that would be the best angle. Well, what the MVP? No, no, like having an MVP is is good, but it's also like if like you building something is is, is one thing, but like getting it out there is a whole other thing, and I think that's like a full time job. And I feel like if we got together, that you would you would have to. Like you would have to eat that. That would have to be your your main hat that you would have to wear. Sure, but like, but if you're thinking of a side project, though, um... I, I guess okay. So I guess I'm I'm yeah okay. So it's a little different. I guess in my head right now, when we talk about like if I did something with you, it would be like an all in thing. And I think if you're going all in, it would have to be. It's like you, I, I, I would be totally against you being the developer. Oh God, I would, I wouldn't even consider it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, if no, it's no. like a if, side if, hobby if, thing, if, if we were going all in, like if we were like, mm-hmm. okay, here's our idea, we're gonna put in our resignations, we're gonna, we're gonna live off our savings for six months, we're gonna give this thing a go. Oh mm-hmm. fuck no, I would be, I'd be raising money, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, I. Because I could do that. Like I feel like I, for the right idea, I could go out there and talk to enough people. Um, but but at the same time, then like I think what I've realized about myself though is that my appetite for those kind of ideas are actually less and less as time mm-hmm. goes on. Mm-hmm. Like one of my favorite ideas. I don't know if it's still live. It still gets. Um, yeah, it's still it's still going here. So it's um, that one I wrote, the one called Mixer. So it's it's. Uh, M-I-X-R dot Ewaken dot com. Mm. And I'm so proud of it because of my 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 homepage. It has the highest converting like, sp- this. Yeah. homepage I've ever designed. And it's just a shitty bootstrap app. Um but like this the ideas that I tend to gravitate towards now are ones where the traffic just i have a, i have i know how to get traffic or yeah. i don't even kind of do the idea unless i already in my head i'm like how am i going to drive traffic to this so this is, this is why you're you're like a more of a, a marketer man 
Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. But but I mean, like, but it was very helpful for me to be able to build this as well because this started off as a very one-dimensional app. And then Mm -hmm. as I started iterating on it, it got to where it's kind of ended up over the years. And I still get PMs messaging me being like, hey, like, are you still maintaining this? Like, my company is actually using this app. (laughs) Um but, but like we had, like we ran into an error, like, can you fix this? And I'm like, nah, sorry, man. Like I'm not maintaining this anymore. Yeah. Um, so, but I wouldn't have even done this if I didn't know how I was going to get traffic to it. Mm. Um, uh, so the, my ideas tend to come from like seeing ways to, to get traffic, which is probably not a good way to actually go do a company because then you're, you're so limited in your scope. Like, mm. um, you know, whereas if you just pull an Elon Musk and are like, all right, you know, uh, or like open, like open phone. I going back to our friends at open phone. Um, I, I give them full credit for even having the, the, the hubris to be like, we're going to just like redesign a phone system. Like mm-hmm. that, that's a, the, even just to to try to do that has a like I, I worry that I'm just not creating those ideas in my head anymore. That mm-hmm. I'm not that founder. I need to latch on to somebody who like who has that idea and then be mm-hmm. like, okay, I can fucking I can sell this or I can build this for you or I can market this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that idea just hasn't come yet. But um, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think, yeah, if I if I jump onto something, I think, but I think this is the other thing that made it really hard at 25 was that identity-wise, I didn't know, like, I felt like I could do everything. And I was like, I'm jack of all trades. I can do this, this, and the other. And I think that's really hard if you're going to really get a successful side project off the ground, um, like, to become a real product. It's great when you're. It's great when you're making like prototypes of things or like small little projects. Like even the mixer thing you have, like that's a good one one person thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, like you'd never make a company out of this. Like there's no, no. there's no yeah. product or company vision or anything like that. It's it's a tool. It's not even a, it's not even an app. It's a tool. Yeah. Um, and, but but don't you think there's something to be said about like, um, okay, okay so. Let's say right now, mm-hmm. mm, it's a bit different because you have so many friends now at like Sego and stuff. But okay, so let's say you, I'm sure you've had an idea for an app in the mm-hmm. past two years. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't you just like sit down and start kind of like, okay, so if you had an idea for like a really good idea for an app tomorrow, what are you mm-hmm. going to do with that idea? I designed it out and I would... Uh, but, 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 but to define that, like, what does that mean? Design it out. So I would just like at least mock up what the app is going to be. Make it like almost like a design doc, almost of uh, of of the app. So what's what's the kind of experience like? Maybe I do an envision mock up of of this app experience. Um, it could be like a shitty, like drawings of it even, but have like a a sketch of what the app is going to be. And when I feel good about it, I would probably just pay someone to do it and build it for me. If I were to do this now, that that's probably what I would do. 
okay, so you would, okay, so say that again, you would, you would uh, envision it, you'd mock it up, you would walk through like different flows and, and um, really make sure that the, 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 the interaction and the product is, is good. And then you would, but like, who would you, who would you go to to get it developed? It depends on what it is. Um, yeah, it just it depends on what the what the product would be. Um, it it would have to be uh, someone I could afford. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't get a student. I'd probably get someone a little bit like a proper proper developer. Um, so let's just say it was like a web a web app hypothetically. Um, I might even honestly, depending on what it is, I might even shop it to like uh, like some some spot in Europe, like an Eastern European place that I know I know a few people who've worked with some outside firms and you know they they speak really highly of these people. Um, even my buddy uh, he he works at IBM now or he's been working at IBM for years actually but uh, he was kind of uh, he's part of their consulting arm at IBM and now he left he came back and he's doing that but for machine learning at uh, at IBM and they're trying to farm out those those services as well but a lot of their development work are just people in India man which is kind of crazy to think about that you know people pay big money to go to IBM to you know build out like their I don't know some e-commerce solution or whatever and they're just farming the shit out to people in India um but you know developers are good though and uh, my my buddy, you know, he would oversee their work and make sure it's it's tight, it's good. It's arch- like he would help with the initial architecture. They would do kind of like the you know fill out the functions, fill out more of the lo- the lower level stuff, and then, um, yeah. But anyways, th- those are options, and maybe hmm. even, depending on what it was, may- maybe I would outsource it. But I and- wouldn't I wouldn't develop it. Interesting. Okay. So like you wouldn't even like you you wouldn't even get it to the point where you could like show it to a friend. Um like you you would you would potentially start outsourcing it pretty quickly. It depends. If I have a clear vision of what it is, if if in order for me to get a clear vision of what it is, it would mean me prototyping myself, then I would do that. Oh, okay. That's interesting. But if like you, if you knew that you could easily describe it in reference to other apps, and like you could you could convey the the feeling it should have and all that stuff, then mm-hmm. like why would you push the pixels? Like you can just hire someone to push the pixels. Yeah. Like sometimes I would, like I think this is you know oftentimes I will code something just to see for myself. Like it's kind of like as a as a developer, it's the same. I think that's what developers do as like artists sketch things developers will code things and this is just how they explore an idea um so it depend depending on what it is i i might i may do that um but i also don't want to get caught up in in that world too it, it just depends it would be the quickest the, the quickest road to prototyping a thought yeah, I hear you. Like, I, like, I so it's like, yeah, like whatever, if it if it means tinkering in code versus drawing on paper versus going mm-hmm. into Envision. Okay, that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. See, and I think maybe where I'm still stuck in my old ways is I would definitely, I would build it. Um, But but see, but then my, my problem is then I get stuck with, I only do what I, what I know how to build. 
So mm-hmm. my dad and I actually had this conversation because he builds furniture mm-hmm. and he's very good at working with wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has thousands of dollars of tools for working with wood, you know, routers and saws and table saws and planers. And he has like a lot of wood, like material that he can just like go to the backyard and like go get a big plank and then shape that into something. And so it's just easy for him to work in wood. Super cool, by the way. Yeah, it's so yeah. cool. Yeah. But like, but he has ideas for like metal, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know how to work in metal. Mm-hmm. So, and he's scared at his age to start like getting into arc welding and um, mm-hmm. like, it's just not, he's just, his head is not in the space of like, I'm going to go buy a $7,000 arc welder and start <laughs> yeah. like dicking, dicking around in the basement and potentially yeah. like light the house on fire. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I'm very happy he thinks like that. It's great. Um, but like, we, we, we got to pack your packages, man. Otherwise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but we got talking about how you become the slave of your tools where, you know, I have a web developer's toolkit and I didn't invest enough in apps where I have tried three or four times to really dive into uh, building an iOS app. And mm-hmm. I've built a toy app um, that for some reason got rejected that I still want to revisit and figure out why it got rejected from the app store. They said it didn't do enough. I thought it was fucking great. Um, what was it? So I, I, it was a great app. So it just pulled up a map of wherever you were. And then there was four buttons on the bottom. It was happy, sad, indifferent, or mad. And you would just press one of those buttons. And then it would just drop a pin with a little happy, mad, or sad face. And that was it. And the goal was that like, you could very quickly, at a given time, look at if people in Toronto were happy or sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And they rejected uh, it because it didn't perform a function. So it was like, there is no utility to this application. And it got you can rejected. Get by that. You, you, can, you, you can argue your way around that, I think. Uh, see, this was back when like, I, was, I was so demoralized. I was like, fuck this. Like, and really, I didn't care about the app. All I cared about was that I learned how to like, like wire yeah. up some Objective-C. Yeah. Um, but I think that I worry that my my ideas are actually limited by my my tools. Mm. So, have I gotten so comfortable at thinking of websites when I should be thinking of like VR stuff or mm-hmm. AR or blockchain or whatever, but I'm I'm limited in my tools. And I think that the fact that my instinct would be to like go and build it in my head I talk myself out of those ideas cuz I'm like so I'm going to have to like learn the blockchain. Like, oh, yeah. that sounds yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, I'm tired. What's what's on TV? And then yeah, that's it. Yeah, totally. You know? But so, that, that's, the, that's the reason why I think it makes sense at my stage in life right now to farm it out is because I just don't have as much time to spend like fucking a whole week trying to debug something or trying to learn how to, I don't know, make this interesting transition that doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? Like I, I'd rather just... Yeah. 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 No, no. I, I think you're right. And it, it's funny. I've been thinking about that even for myself. Like I just need to, I need to get away from the metal more and more in my life. Like I need to delegate. I need to bubble up. I need to, mm-hmm. um, and, and again, it goes back to this whole conversation we had with able cells where like, why am I, why am I putting packages together? Like I have this, I have this need and I think I, as I, 
look at it more and more through this podcast, I, I feel like it is a controlling, it's a, it's a control tendency. It's like, a, I think I'm more of a control freak than I, than I want to admit. Dude, and, I never, I never realized you were a control freak until we started working on this podcast together. Right? Yeah. So yeah. How, how else have I shown that? Um, just like, like, dude, I've asked you a bunch of times. I'm like, Hey, uh, let me ed- edit this. Let me edit, edit one. <laughs> and, uh, and you're, you're like, okay, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll meet up. We'll do it. And, but really the message I get from you is like, no, no, I, 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 want, I, I got this and you know, you, you enjoy doing it. And, uh, and that's totally cool. Like if you're into it, like, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, I don't have to do it. And I'm, what's funny is like, I also think I'm a bit of a control freak and I never really realized that until Alicia started really drilling that into me. Um, but I also realized that when she said that I started noticing at work and everything too. And I'm like, okay, I, I, maybe I am a little bit of a control freak, but it's interesting because on this podcast stuff, I'm like, okay, cool. Like I don't, it's no sweat off my back if you want to do it. Um, but then also when we talk about the April cells and you wanting to ship everything, I'm like, yeah, okay. And uh, <laughs> maybe Kent just likes, he just likes to, to do it. And he's a hands-on person. He just wants to do it all. And then you tell me about like um, stories at Hubba and how you're coding some things. I'm like, oh, okay. I never, I actually never knew that side of you that you were just like, you, you want, yeah, you're, you're, you're a control freak. No, but you know what? I don't think it's control. It's, I think it's worse than that. It's um, and and again, this goes right back to the core idea of having a having a a team when you're doing a startup. It's mm-hmm. it's trust. It's mm-hmm. a I don't think I trust people enough, mm-hmm. and that I think is actually then kind of rooted in some kind of an arrogance where I feel like I'm better at it. So, um. Like so, let's use the the podcast editing as an example. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that you wouldn't like. Do I think you're not going to be able to figure out how to edit the podcast? Of course not. Um, but I see it as like, but I, I know how to do it, and it takes me like an hour. So why don't I just do it? Like, and and and, and I find myself having that attitude at work sometimes. Like even even today, I was in this discussion with a PM who I I, I love and respect. He's a fantastic PM. And I just got so frustrated and I was just like, just like, then I'll fucking do it. Like, don't tell me it's going to take two months. That's the wrong answer because I can get it done in 10 minutes. So, and it's like, who, like, that's definitely a new program in my head. That's not what I used to be like. Something has happened where (laughs) in the past few years, I've turned on this new program that's, that's running now. And it's basically like, get the fuck out of my way. I know what I need to do and I'm busy. So I don't have time to like, and and I don't, I don't think that's a good, I don't think it's becoming like, I think that it will probably be my downfall in a lot of ways. So I need to find a way to like, check it because it's, you know, like, and even it's funny, you know, even at Hubba today, I noticed like, I, I, I don't know if I'm... Like I, I don't, I don't like eat lunch with people anymore. <laughs> like I, I'm, 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 I'm very intense, and to a certain degree, though, I don't give a fuck. Like I don't care that I'm, mm. 
I'm intense. I don't care that maybe people think I'm weird or that I'm like, like what, you know, like what's, what's, cause I'm, I'm still very friendly and I'm nice, but I'm, I'm, um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I, like, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think this, this editing is a good example. Like, okay, how about this? I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what we are sitting on last week's episode. Okay. I'll send it to you and you can edit it. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't want to. I don't want to take it away from you, man. If if you're if you're into it, I don't want to. Take, I don't want to offend you, man. You you can do it if you want. No, no, but but like, but it it would be really nice to be able to, um, you know, to, but 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 again, it's like, but but then you kind you kind of see my dilemma where it's like, yeah, but Ken, if you can just do it, like, why don't you just do it, right? Is, isn't there no. some voice in your head no. that's saying that? No, I think it doesn't scale. And uh, okay, so. I I I was like you, I was like you up to last year probably. So at Sego, for example, I touch a lo- I touched a lot of things, and um, I ended up owning like a lot of things because like everything you kind of touch, you kind of own. Um, and this year, or starting from last year too, it's like our, our CEO Jason, he's really encouraged me to let more things go and he's constantly reminding me to like offload more things because there's other things that have to be done and if i'm on everything in the weeds doing everything then i can't focus on the next thing or i just am too in the weeds that i'm not able to step back enough and so for example like uh you know, I used to run every single project at Sego. Now I don't do that. And uh, we have like another project manager. She runs some projects. Um, I still get in there, but now even when I run projects, I'm, I take a very different approach than I used to. I maybe I, I'm always pretty chilled and laid back with things, but I'm even further removed. And my new thing is I'm trying to get teams to self, self um, kind of organize. So I try to do the least amount of possible to kind of um, get, the, get the ship, you know, sailing and moving in the right direction. But ultimately, it's entrusting the team to make all the right decisions and entrusting them to kind of fuck up and, and fix themselves. And yeah. sometimes I'll have to come in and, and help and nudge that a little bit. But generally, I, I, I try to put a lot, I have a lot more faith in like the team to just, they're, they're going to get through this. Um. And even just like small like product things, design things, like I'm I'm pretty anal about a lot of stuff, and um, I'm just like it's not it's not worth my time. Like it, it's just like if I'm if I'm like fidgeting over this one little thing, and is it going to move the needle? Probably not. Then what's the point of me doing it? And if I keep doing it, then the people who should be doing it are going to feel a less empowered. They're gonna everyone's going to turn to me. And this happens, like, if I go into a meeting and, like, someone else is running the project, and then once I step into that room, if I say something, it suddenly carries a little bit of weight, oh, or yeah. it just take it takes power away from people, and that's not cool. Yeah, did, did, did I ever tell you that um, I think I realized that I have still a long way to go as a manager when I was on vacation last November, mm-hmm. and I came back, and one of my... Um, one of my team, like my team members said, you know, is it bad that I kind of liked it when you were gone? 
and I laughed and then like we have like a good relationship and I was like no like yeah you get to leave her like you know like I don't we don't yeah. even have like working hours I was just trying to like be funny she's like no no I, I'm like I kind of mean it like <laughs> um she's like <laughs> she's like you know people were asking me questions instead of asking you the questions yeah and and I realized like you you know you shield a lot of stuff from us mm-hmm. and and it's funny and then I, I was thinking about it and then in my head i was like so if my defensive reaction was like well yeah obviously i shield shit from you that i'm your boss like can you imagine if you had to deal with all the stuff that i shield you from mm-hmm. um but then it's like you know wait a second then like is this a pattern in my life like i always shield i'm a martyr like i always shield people from everything i always think i'm the strong one who can you know like I'll take the burden, I'll carry the extra bags, I'll, you know, rub Jack's back until he falls back asleep. Like it, it's it's a pattern in my life where I'm, and and it's 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 very disrespectful because it's almost it's like I don't trust you to do this. I need to do this, right? Mm-hmm. So what I've started to kind of realize is that um, there's still a degree of that though. Like you can't just like. And it also depends on the kind of company you're at. Like Hubba is in a is in a still forming state. Like mm-hmm. we have two or three things that we really need to get our shit together on in order to take on Alibaba. Mm-hmm. And when I don't see people understanding that or internalizing that kind of pressure, mm-hmm. my instinct is to turn it up and say you haven't earned the right to fail at this because mm-hmm. we don't have time for you to learn how to do like, you know, like, so there are times when I go into the mode of, I've seen this before. You haven't, uh, we don't have time for you to learn this right now. So I'm just going to tell you how to, how it has to get done. And yeah. I have no, like to me, that's the right decision. Uh, my, I feel, I know my boss does it to me. A lot of times because she knows that I could go off onto like 50 different tangents and she's mm-hmm. like, nope, fuck you. You're doing this and like stay in this lane and like don't argue with me, please. Just go. Mm-hmm. And I think you're in a bit of a different position. I don't know what your numbers are like at Sego, but I know mm-hmm. that you've definitely, I feel like you're in peace, not peacetime, but you're in a bit of a steady state. Whereas like we're still kind of in like a war mentality, like we're... Do you, you know what I'm saying? It's a different, yeah, it might yeah, be a different yeah, vibe, yeah, yeah. but that's also a huge fucking excuse. And I can always pretend that that's the case. So like I'm even today I had, a, I had a moment where I, it's funny you mentioned this cause I literally over something as simple as naming, like naming conventions. Come on, dude. Okay. I am so anal about naming conventions because to me, how you name experiments determines how you track and measure experiments so if you get lazy in how you name things you don't pay respect to the process of experimentation so like in my view you always have to have the version number of an experiment in its name so when you're talking to someone and you're like this is project cell phone v2 you're you're communicating a lot with that you're like this is the second iteration of this thing called project cell phone and that means that at this company, we iterate on things. And that's very, very important that you 
you internalize that, that you, you know that nothing's finished. There's always a new version. I'm like really, um, but I have my own like anal way of doing it. So the same, <laughs> the same person came to me and was like, Hey, so like we were kind of talking while you were gone and like, we don't really like your naming convention. Like, can we, can we, like, she proposed this new idea. And I was like, hey, as long as you capture version number in there somewhere, I don't care. That's really what I care about. And she's like, oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, we, we have that. That's easy. Okay, cool. So, like, great. We're, we're, and I was like, that was easy. Like, mm-hmm. why, why didn't I do that three months ago? Like, why did I feel like I had to go off into a room and create this magical naming convention. Um, so fucking pencil problem, man. <laughs> no, I think it's worse than that. Like, I think, I think that's like a control problem. I think that I do have a level of like, um, but it's, sorry, it's not control. And I, even as I'm saying it now, it's a, uh, I think it's, it's, it's the closest thing I have to arrogance where I feel like I, there are some things that I know better on and I'm, I'm trying to balance like like I okay I, I think about other fields where and so much of this is from that book I, I think I've told you about that that principles book that I've yeah, yeah, yeah. on that one yeah. and is again it the I Ray, know, Ray, yeah, Ray Dalio one Ray Dalio yeah, yeah. and books have a real effect on me and, and some books I can just read them and I'm like, this is the truth. I, I, something just clicks in my head and I'm like, this is it. And so much of it, of that book, I was just like, you know, like imagine a, a surgeon when you're in an operating room. Like you're not, there's no design by committee in an operating room, right? Whoever's done the surgery successfully the most makes that decision. Mm-hmm. And now I'm being dramatic because that's like life and death. But I I do think that there comes a time in a company when you just need to go to the person who's consistently has a track record of doing this the most. Mm-hmm. And if they say that this is the way we should go, it's probably the way we should go. Um, and that's when I feel myself getting kind of that arrogant or or like very single-mindedness because I'm just like, you have never done this before. I've done it six times. I'm right. You're wrong. We're doing it this way. Stop. Like, end of story. And, but, 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 but I realize, yeah, but I realize okay. how, how that must suck for the person on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you, I think what you need is to be humbled. I think you're going to, you're going to be wrong a bunch of times. And the only way you're going to be wrong is if you let people, prove prove you wrong and they're gonna you're gonna let people empower people like i feel my job now is to kind of empower empower a lot of people and i I help put out roadblocks but empower the rest of the team and when they start making wicked decisions and they start doing wicked things that you're like oh i didn't even think about that oh shit that's amazing yeah yeah, no this is a great idea um then you're gonna be like oh shit like i i've been i've been in the way for way too long (laughs) <laughs> yeah no you, you, you're totally right you know uh, okay. like and, and, can, yeah. can, can we do another I'd love to dig into this more but I, I, I'm feeling my energy level starting to, mm-hmm. to to dip here can we can we maybe do like a version two um, I, I, it'd be interesting to do an episode where you sort of outline 
how you because this is something I'm personally I feel like I'm struggling with sometimes is around like how do you define a project where in your head it's like you so kind of like we've been talking about like you kind of know if you had infinite time like if you had the Zach Morris superpower where you could put your fingers and your hands together stop time and and you wouldn't age and you could do everything yourself you could do this entire project yourself with infinite mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. in your head like you have a plan of how you would go ahead and do it that you think is probably like a good a good idea right based mm-hmm. on experience mm-hmm. and principles and all that jazz how do you define a project in a way that you put enough boundaries on look don't go down this path because that's a really dangerous path and that's gonna that's gonna fuck us over we're gonna not ship in time we're going to like how do you put enough boundaries so that you still allow for creativity better solutions um but still keeping people to like what you know is true does that make sense Keep, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't really understand the last part. Keeping uh, people I know, it's hard. To... Okay, so like, I'll try to think of an example in, in your world where, okay, let's take the simplest form of like a, a game, okay? okay. You have to, you're going to ship a new game. Mm-hmm. So in your mind, you have a very clear idea of like what this game should should be, what it should do, what it should feel like, when it should ship. Um, what it really shouldn't do, like where you don't want to kind of push the limits, but where you mm-hmm. might want to push the limits. But then you have some some real kind of hard, whether they're deadlines um, of just like, like you just kind of know, like this this should not take us five months. Like we should be able to do this in, in two months. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they think that's crazy, you just know that that's possible. How do you define the rules of the game with enough structure so that the chance of people shipping in two months is, 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 is real, but you empower them to have creativity of decision-making. So you're, you're limited by your time. So if you're going to say, if you're setting that, that you like, if my role is a pace maker and are the pace bunny, and I'm saying like, we have two months to do this, then we have to either, and we, I assume we have like an idea of what we're building ahead of time, right? We know yeah, what, we, yeah. we know the game we're making, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. Then if it's two months, then we're just scoping down, way down, probably from what we initially estimated out to do, right? Okay, so if okay. we no no yeah yeah, okay. yeah you're, you're, let's let's do another one. So okay. let's say that um, okay. So as product, I'm sure you have uh, product metrics that you track to make sure that the game is quote healthy right sure sure so i don't even know what those might be but you have let's say 10 metrics that you track for and you have baselines so that you can launch a game and ask the question a month later is this game more engaging than game we did before or something right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let's say then that you want to task one of your pms with um okay like how will we know that? Like, how will we, like, I want you to tell me if this game is more engaging than the last game in your head. Like you kind of know the answer. Like, you know that this dashboard or this report or this, whatever you're going to look at should have like these five elements on it. And they might surprise you with like a sixth element, but like 
you really need to see these five elements as far as you're concerned. Yeah. When you're when you're defining the project, do you tell them now here are the five elements that I would start with, um, but feel free to add anything else you think, or do you just prescribe the dashboard and say this is what we're gonna this is our standard for what we're gonna use to measure health because you are the expert like like so, you, know, you know what I'm saying yeah so okay I think you could you can go by the old reliable metrics and I think those are gonna be obvious I think if you tell someone to uh, you know, tell me if this game is ga- engaging, whatever. And they can look at what we've done previously. They can use those metrics, sure. But I think when you're, I don't know, and you probably do this all the time, but when you're designing an experiment, uh, you have to, I think it comes down to the question you're asking. And it's, the question is more important than everything else. It's like, are you asking the right question to find this answer? Like, is it, is it even important to find out if this game is more engaging? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or, or, or I, I, are you assuming that we already figured out that this is a very important question? <laughs> um, okay, like, let me maybe let me take yeah. um let me take a different tack here. So, um, like, give me an example in your world, and then I I'll answer. Okay, how I would yeah, yeah. It. Okay, great. Yeah. So, um, on onboarding, okay, yeah. onboarding is a common thing that startups have to do so the idea sure. is you um you know you you join a website there's a series of you know either emails or push notifications or in-app notifications that are triggered based on the state of your user profile or maybe time based but there's some kind of a of a campaign that's designed to get you to perform an action mm-hmm. now i will argue that there's kind of like a right way to measure onboarding and a like there there's a very clear way to measure onboarding and the the clearest way is you you look at like weekly cohorts of users so you would say let's look at every user that signed up in this week mm-hmm. and let's track these kind of key metrics whatever is important to you whether it's you know clicking on a button performing an mm-hmm. action uploading mm-hmm. whatever whatever those mm-hmm. like two or three KPIs are Yep. Um, and then that's it. You just literally every week track those three or four heartbeat metrics in relation to a cohort because maybe your product changed on week five. Mm-hmm. And then you see this huge spike in, in, in engagement and you're like, well, actually, that wasn't us. That was the product. And then mm-hmm. you can go tag that cohort and say, okay, this is when you know, we added XYZ. Um, mm-hmm. And then the baseline jumps up and stuff. So... That to me is just kind of like a that that's just a kind of a given. So mm-hmm. I had this situation where I was working with someone on my team and saying, "Okay, come up with reporting for for onboarding." Now I already know kind of what the right answer is, and it was kind of frustrating because we kept going back and forth, back and forth, and I was like, "No, like this is not like you, you know what I'm saying? Like it like mm-hmm. they weren't really getting." So then part of me was like, I should have just given them this report and said, like, this is how we measure onboarding. Um, the same mm. way that like, if you're, and then I realized like the, the, my teammate had just never done this before. Mm-hmm. So it kind of goes back to that. Like, f- I don't know if you're familiar with that, like four quadrants of, of competency where it's like some people are in the first quadrant where it's like, they just actually need to know. Like they just mm-hmm. don't know what they just don't mm-hmm. know what they're doing. They've never done this mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. You need to train them. 
Yeah. Um, and I think my ch- my challenge is figuring out when I'm in training mode versus when I'm in creative expression mode. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And um, honestly, it's it so depends on who it is. And I've and I've caught myself with this recently. Like I feel like I need to be a little bit more hands on at times. With some other people, I feel like I can be really hands off, um, and it's but it's my job, I think, to also recognize that and to kind of like um, lift lift the people up. Do you know what I mean? So if people need more hand holding, then give them. Then I, I think you need to provide that hand holding, right? At least, yeah, yeah. at least in the beginning, right? But then, can't that feel almost like you're? like going into that mode of of sort of dictating versus letting them um like no. so so like like going back to that example where like today I got fired up and I just sort of decided to go into this like well I'm just going to build it mode is again because I've I did an assessment of the room and I realized like I don't think anyone in here knows that what we're trying what we're talking about takes about mm-hmm. 2 hours to do like like we were talking about it in theoreticals Mm -hmm. and it's like, I'm just going to show you how quickly we can do this. Like maybe you've never seen how easy this actually is to do. Do you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Mm -hmm. And so it's less about like, so in those cases, I, you'd have that in my mind, for at least for me, I try to just have that discussion with them and show them, but I wouldn't actually do it. Does Mm, that make sense? Yeah. Or, so, okay, or so, I, I'd have like a debrief and like a okay, this is a this is what we need to do. We need to build this thing that looks like this. If we're gonna build this, uh, we have to like uh, for the onboarding, let's just map out the funnel that we're gonna be tracking for this. Um, and then these are the kind of experiments we're gonna we, we have run, and we're gonna set up these cohorts. This is what this cohort is, um, and then boom, and then just let them kind of actually do the work of it. Because right, I think you, right. you, you still need the reps of it if you haven't done it. That's a good point. Yeah, no, and I wouldn't pull the reports for them, but it's like um, the exercise was more in like like designing the report, you know, like just getting to that mm-hmm. point where you even know what what it is you want to measure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm I, I we can I like I feel like you've got good information here that I need to kind of pick up from you, but I'm I'm fading. I don't I don't think I can uh, I don't think I don't think I can process it. Uh, yeah, I don't think I can process it right now. But dude, we we did it again, man. We got to two hours. God damn it! But you know what? Fuck it, man. I I I think I like I like these episodes. I think these are gonna be, these are good. No, but hey, we we actually stood on like we stayed on topic. Yeah, we stayed on topic, man. Uh, yeah. And there's there's a whole other part of this I was actually gonna talk to you about, which was like for side projects, having like the size of the teams, but also in companies, like. Um, at what scale do you start becoming like a manager and when does being a manager kind of make sense versus being the very hands-on guy like you are? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what? We, we can save that. We can save it for, for the next, next episode. Yeah. I feel like that's a good one to do. Like that's a separate topic when you're talking about in a company. So yeah, let's, let's save that one. And so it's kind of related to what we just talked about too, right? Yeah, no, totally. Actually yeah. it fits in really nicely. So yeah. here's what I'm thinking about this one. Tell me if you think I'm just being lazy. So I like, I feel like we actually did this almost in like one take. Like I, I mm-hmm. think the whole episode, I don't think there needs to be any editing. So I'm kind of tempted to just like 
press stop and just upload this file. Um, like, do you think by not doing an so we didn't do an intro? I didn't do an mm-hmm. intro on one of the episodes, and nobody mm-hmm. kind of said anything. And then I was like, do people like the intros? Do people think they're kind of stupid? Um, do you think we need a musical intro or like a clip from something? Like, do you kind of do you kind of look forward to that when you're like, oh, I wonder what clip there's going to be today? Or are you just kind of like, I just get into the episode? You know, I, personally, like when I listen to Bill Simmons, I actually really look forward to when he plays the Pearl Jam. So like the same thing. I got a million ways to get it. Shoes uh-huh. one. Shoes one. Hey, bring it back. Bring it back. Now double your money and make a stack. I'm on to the next one. On to the next. I'm on to the next one. 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 On to